0: All right, uh, most of, I think uh, you all just have the 9.30 outline, not the 10.30. Is that correct, the people out there, Josiah? Okay, that's probably best. You won't cheat ahead. <laughs> so uh, just to confuse you, I gave the titles. If you're looking in the bulletin, uh, this will say that at 9.30 we're doing part A. We're actually doing part B at 9.30, and then at 10.30 we're doing part A so the bulletin uh, but i uh, was debating that when i yet have to send the titles in to Stephen by friday morning so i was still debating whether to call this part b or part a but really what i'm doing at 10:30 is part a i just figured i'd save certain points because we have a better turnout at 10:30 logan are you are getting coffee okay i'm i'm actually i should have eat something more i'm a little shaky All right, um, so we are calling the uh, people who attend Grace Christian Fellowship, this isn't, isn't only for members, this is for attenders, or if you consider yourself a part of Grace Christian Fellowship in any way, we're asking us to get involved in a season of seeking prayer and fasting, <laughs> we've done this before, so I added 2023 to, so so we could uh, clarify where we are, and if you look uh, under Part B, there it says the dates. So uh, originally, I wanted to do a 40-day see- uh, season, but I um, I didn't want to interrupt Josiah's and Stephen's teachings and stuff. I, I sort of had this idea about six weeks ago, but I've been sort of waiting to tell everybody about it until. And uh, but it, as I, as I figured out the calendar we could really only get a 30-day season in and uh, in, in time to let everyone have eight days or so to re- get back to normal. Because if, if you do a total fast for more than five or so days, you have to be careful how you break the fast. And you, in, in if you do something like 21 days or 40 days, um, you really need to spend about three to five days breaking the fast in, in a slow manner. So anyway, I ended up deciding just to have us do 21 days because that ends November 5th, which is 18 days before Thanksgiving. If you can't get on a back-to-your-regular diet in 18 days, you probably need to read more books about fasting, <laughs> especially by people who emphasize the practical aspects. Let me fix the coffee. and Lid this backwards. All right. Now... Uh, So what I'm going to cover today is the dates, which we just did. Uh, October 16th is a Monday, and I was kind of hoping to uh, um, have a somewhat special meal on October 15th together after the Sunday church. And then Sunday, November 5th, we will probably just have tangerines, grapes, a few things like that. I, I might have some spinach. I I usually eat a little spinach when I'm breaking a fast. So, um, and because of different people's health situations, like I I don't think children should do anything like a total fast, and I certainly don't think uh, pregnant mothers or nursing mothers should do a total fast. But. Children and and pregnant mothers and nursing mothers can participate in some of the five choices that I'm about to discuss with you. Now, there's some verses at the top that I might spend a couple minutes on because it's important. I I myself can't do anything unless I see the vision for it or the reason. And what it really gets down to, if you if if you th- thought it through biblically, if you spent a week studying reading all the verses in the bible on fasting and reading maybe two or three good christian books on fasting what we're up against hey Stephen, if it could be any cooler up here it's i mean i may just take this jacket off uh can can somebody get it i'm about to pass out it's so hot up here i don't know if you could get it down a degree or two that might help me Um, when I, uh, in, in the 1990s, I worked for a company that was 100% commission-only sales. And I eventually became the sales trainer, which was kind of nice because I got 10% of all the guys' commissions I was training, uh, 10% of their commissions for their first year and 5% of their commissions for their second year. So it kind of incentivized me to uh, do a good job of training them. And, and uh, frankly, the couple guys that trained me taught me a lot of great things. And, and one of them was uh, we, we had this, uh, you, you could kind of predict who did well and who didn't do well by a number of factors. And we would tell them, if you follow our model, you'll do well. If you invent your own, you won't do well. And that was always the case. And 100% of the time, I did it the way the people who taught me how to do it did it. And one of the things was uh, you could leave 4.30, 10 minutes to 5, whatever you want. But sometimes you are in the middle of a transaction that one more phone call and take, there was kind of seven steps in every transaction we did. And sometimes one more phone call would move that transaction to the next step. And sometimes whether you got it to the next step that day, uh, had a lot to do with whether you have, it eventually closed. And if it didn't close, you made zero for all your efforts on that deal. And so we used to talk about leaving with leaving money on the table. And if you a Christian who doesn't avail themselves of, of fasting is a Christian who's leaving money on the table, so to speak. You're leaving blessings and rich abundance of life that God wants to give you uh, you're not you're not taking them when he's offering. To you. There are certain promises in God's word that go with fasting, and of course, uh, some of the best ones are in Isaiah 58, especially the last half of the chapter, which we will be looking at uh, at the 10:30 meeting, and uh, Matthew 6, uh, verses 16 th- through 18, and we'll look at that those verses in the second meeting. Joel tells us to consecrate, which means make holy, set apart. Like, don't be double-minded about whether you want to do this. Don't do it with a grumbling attitude. Don't do it half hearted One of the things I'm going to stress is don't aim too high. Fasting is, is something that you learn and you grow in. And so just, just to even speak of my own, my own history in fasting, I have pastors who have given me a lot of guidance, like Pastor Brown in, at Bethel Christian Assembly, who do a 40-day fast every year. I've done a 40-day fast three times in my 49 years of being a Christian. It's not an easy thing to do, and you have to build up to it. Um, I also have pastors, that, uh, some of whom you know, that have never done a 40-day fast or even a 21-day fast. It's, it's not something that every Christian sees the value of or takes advantage of. But again, I think if you don't take advantage of fasting, you're leaving money on the table, so to speak. You're leaving things God wants to accomplish in and through you and for you, and in in, in and through and for us, uh, together as a people on the table. And fasting is a major way to extend the kingdom of God. Now, I didn't notice I got a little typo where... uh, The next line jumped down, and and the Joel won, but it says on the second outling, Consecrate a fast, proclaim a solemn assembly. You know, we have kind of this idea in American Christianity that it's all supposed to be fun and games and rejoicing and gladness all the time. Sometimes there's a place for solemnness, sorrow, mourning, repentance, and grief, and the Beatitudes specifically uh, endorse that. Sometimes there's a time to really humble ourselves and put on, you know, putting on sackcloth was figurative for uh, not wearing comfortable, cushy clothes and giving yourself a break and not not putting your feet up on the recliner and having a lemonade. Uh, So, gather the elders, all the inhabitants of the land. So notice he doesn't say this, the elders should fast. But he's saying they shouldn't be missing, but all the inhabitants of the land should come. To the house of the Lord art your God and cry out to the Lord. The NASB and the ESV are the same on that verse, word for word, except the ESV punctuates it differently. Uh, where, where the New American Standard capitalizes two as the next line that uh, the ESV does not. <laughs> That's it. That's the only difference. So those are two of the better English translations. I love Hosea 10 12. Sow with a view to righteousness. That was something I really uh, grasped much better in my early Christian years than I have uh, recently, and I'm really asking God to help me restore to that. But um, sowing is things like, uh, just a, a couple months ago, I decided to listen to a worship CD first thing every day and to sing along. And I just got done listening to uh, Michael W. Smith's Forever CD. Uh, which is a wonderful worship CD. Most of the ones I have are a little out of date because most of the ones I have are ones my kids left behind when they grew up and moved out. <laughs> and uh, so they're most of them are from uh, like the 80s and the 90s. Well, yeah, about that. And um, but I love this verse. So you know, when you're spending time seeking God, when you're spending time reading His Word, you're sowing. You're sowing seeds in your heart and in your mind. Sow with a view to righteousness. Reap in accordance with kindness. When you share the gospel, you're sowing. Break up your fallow ground. You know, um, in ancient farming, they used to have this thing called the deep plow. And the deep plow, they only brought out about every five years. You... uh, the ground that's plowed and tilled only needs plowed and tilled to a certain degree, but eventually it grows roots and knots and hardness and so forth. And every once in a while, you've got to get the deep plow out. And really, this is a season I'm calling us to, before God, get the deep plow out. The reason for this, it's time to seek the Lord until he comes to rain righteousness on us. Notice in the title, I put, I don't know that this is probably terrible grammar, and it's an awkward sentence to me, a season of seeking, prayer, and fasting. But I want to emphasize that the seeking of God, uh, we're going to talk about five things we're we're seeking and praying for in the second meeting. And the first thing is that we would fall in love with God, that his presence would increase in our midst. That is superna- The things that Josiah and Teresa have a Thursday night prayer meeting at their house to seek God for an increase in the gifts of the Spirit and the supernatural uh, healings and deliverances and so forth of God. The, you know, one of the things I, it, that's really clear is we can be faithful and so forth, but there's just some things that only God can do. And the only thing we can do is is obey the promptings of the Spirit to put our heart in a in a posture before God uh, that He can use us as a vessel in humbling ourselves, fasting, so forth. I, I love in Psalms when He says, uh, "I humbled my soul with fasting." That's uh, so. Um, The last one I want to highlight is Deuteronomy 8.3. Um, I'm probably one of the few people in our church that's kind of chunky. We, we don't have a lot of uh, trouble with weight in our church. There's, there's a few people who are, who are in my league, but not, not too many of you. And, uh, you know, when I, up until I was about 21, 22 years old, they were always quite worried about how skinny I was. But I could always eat more than everyone else, and that was unfortunately something I took pride in. That proved to be a problem in the end. So uh, the truth is, uh, this is a great verse. He humbled you and let you go hungry, and, and then I skipped a little portion of it, in order to make you understand that man shall not live on bread alone, but man shall live on everything that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Uh Luke 4.4 4 quotes, Jesus quotes this in the wilderness, but in Matthew 4.4, 4, he quotes a little bit more of it. Now, so let's get into Roman number one. So what I'm calling Grace Christian Fellowship to, and what the other leaders are calling us to, is a 21-day season of seeking, prayer, and fasting. Again, from October 16th to November 5th. Uh, the emphasis is on seeking the power, presence, and activity of the Holy Spirit. Now, Deanna likes to tease me because I, I do a thing which is totally bad grammar, where when I want to emphasize a word, I, I punctuate it in the middle of the sentence or whatever. And, uh, and uh, so I'm, in this teaching, look for the words that I put in bold print. Look for things I've underlined. We need a visitation of God. I'm looking out at uh, who's here and I'm even looking out uh, by by uh, the grace of God at who's not here. And I and honestly, we need a visitation of God. I need a visitation of God. The things that I, we're seeking here, I need all of those things to increase in my life a, a lot. We're seeking the power presence and activity of the holy spirit this includes things like restoration and intensification of a manifest presence sometimes the lord's presence is obvious in our worship sometimes it's not so much and what scares me is i've been parts of churches especially in the 70s where the presence of god was dwindling And almost no one noticed that over several years. Did everybody hear that? If you're scared of anything, we have to be scared of that. We have to be scared of we're drying up and we're less zealous and we're less motivated uh, and we're less hungry and thirsty and we don't know that we are. You know, they say if, the, if you put a frog in a pan of water and put it on the stove, it could hop away to freedom at uh, any time, but because it's cold-blooded and its temperature changes with the water, it'll just stay in the water until he boils to death. Um, you can kind of uh, start uh, perfunctory reading your Bible, going never-missing church on Sundays, uh, and lots of other Christian things and missed the point altogether. And in fact, I I believe that in God's sovereign providence, the reason he had Jesus come at the time he did and have to deal with both the Pharisee party and the Sadducee party is not just because the church today is filled with the Pharisee party and the Sadducee party, uh, which is true, but because that tends to be in us we tend to become either the Pharisee party or the Sadducee party. And we're asking God to intervene because only he can break that. This isn't something that uh, Josiah could do a nice series like three points to, to uh, not being a Pharisee. That might be helpful, but uh, only God could do the points he's talking about. Uh, so, words like uh, intensification of the manifest presence of God, consistency in that. You know, we used to have a joke that people would say, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Buddhist, or I'm one or the other. And I, I used to always say, I'm an Abodist. I, you know, I want to find a, a place where God's presence abides with us powerfully, consistently, regularly, daily, often. Uh, we need to seek God for increased activity of the Holy Spirit, his gifts, his wisdom, uh, his first love. In Romans five five, it's not in the notes, but Paul says, uh, we love because he first loved us. And I've often pointed out that as far as I can tell, I'm not a Greek scholar, but it seems to me even the Greek is ambivalent. Is that, is he saying, we love God... I, I, I'm sorry, I mixed a verse from 1 John that I want to get to in a second, uh, First John four nineteen. In Romans 5, 5, he's saying that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who indwells us. But when he's saying the love of God, is he talking about our understanding and revelation and ability to believe God's love for us? How many know that uh, being able to, to grow in that way would help your Christian life? You know, uh, if you remember, what was Adam's response after they sinned when the Lord asked them, where are you, and so forth, and then questioned him? He said, I was afraid. People, I, I sit in meetings all the time where people know they would be benefit from seeking out the, the the shepherd or pastoral person that we've asked to be a part of their life, and they say, well, I didn't open up to him because... I was afraid of being rejected. Hopefully we can live out grace Christian fellowship enough that you won't be rejected, but you will be empowered. So uh boys, I please bear with me cuz I'm extremely dizzy and hot. So um no, because I really like standing, but I may get a chair for it if i can if i we need to probably get some way where we have more air conditioning up here or something uh, I probably shouldn't drink coffee when i 'm hot either go to the cold water um, thank Thank you though for that so um, in essence i 'm asking us not just to have a season of prayer and fasting, but to seek God through prayer and fasting. And, we, and seek uh, his manifest presence. So that will include privately doing some extra scripture meditation. Individually and personally, we should have a season of increased worship, prayer, and Bible study. Corporately, uh, we need to have worship and prayer. The prayer, prayer should include three kinds of prayer. Petitions, which uh, the, in Timothy, Paul says to put petitions with thanksgiving. That's where you ask God for things, like God, pour out your spirit on us. And thanking him in advance, that, that's a way of releasing or exercising our faith, frankly. um. Intercessions, uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about intercession again in the next few weeks. Intercession has uh, got a lot of principles, but first and foremost, you appeal to God based on his promises and based on his commission to, to, for us to manifest his glory in the earth. You appeal to God for the sake of his reputation. If you look at Daniel, Nehemiah, Moses, when they interceded, they often pled, God, why should the nations think this? Uh, and they often were concerned with God's glory and his name and reputation. You know, one of the reasons we are called to live exemplary lives, including in our work and so forth, is people evaluate who Christ is based on your work ethic, based on how you treat your roommates, how you treat your a spouse, lots of things like that, and they see more than you think. Now, I would like, in terms of court corporate worship, to encourage us to do various uh, times, places, sizes of group, and we'll discuss that in a little detail if I can get that far on nine thirty Now, here are five fasts from which to choose so that everyone can participate. These are endorsed by me personally. Uh, many people are, are limited by your life situations. Don't be a fool and don't aim too high. It's better, you want to aim for something that's a little painful, a little tough. You know, the Psalm, when the, the psalmist said, the word for humbled my soul with fasting is translated by the King James and other uh, translations as I afflicted my soul with fasting. Uh we're not into Christian asceticism. I'm not asking you to uh you know see if Brother Stephen will give you thirty-nine lashes or, or if, if you can give him thirty-nine lashes. But I'm asking you to do if you let's for instance, a good example is I, I've had several people tell me that they fast one day a week. Well, if you fast one day a week, you should, especially if you build up like from 16 hours to 20 to 24 uh, you may want to go do change it to thirty hour fast to, do something that 's a little tougher than your normal. You might want to do a one day fast twice a week if you do it once a week so let 's look at some of these The first is a total fast of various lengths and frequencies now um i again I came to Christ and started fasting when I was seventeen years old um, I did not do a a fast of seven days until I was 27. I was 10 years in Christ before I did a 7, 10, and a 15-day fast. And uh, I got into a season of studying fasting and practicing fasting a lot uh, when I was 26 and 27 years old. And I honestly think to this day that the first church that Catherine and I were involved in planning that was called Dayton New Covenant Fellowship and is now Christ the King I believe the reason that it was so visited by the power of the Holy Spirit and the worship was so intense and and there were regularly about 15 people coming to Christ and getting uh, baptized in water, baptized in the Spirit, delivered from demons a year. I really believe that it was a result of a 10-day fast that Catherine and I did. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Like Catherine, uh, sometimes th- For some people, that's aiming too high. Uh, After Catherine did a 10-day fast with me, were we married yet or were we engaged? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And uh, Catherine had a firm uh, position after that, never again. (laughs) And uh, part of fasting corporately is challenge yourself for people who are not able to in their life situation. As near as I can tell, there's not a lot of recorded cases of people doing uh, extended long fasts that are, uh, are females in the Bible. Uh, most women cannot do a 40-day fast. but There probably are some that can, but I remember a, a few years back, Deanna did a three-day fast, and it was very tough for her, very tough. Which says she almost died. <laughs> she, she wrote a book, I Almost Died, by Deanna Paramount. <laughs> there actually was a Christian book by a, a very good leader named Ern Baxter called I Almost Died. <laughs> De- Deanna contributed the appendix. And... Um, so a long-term fast could be anything from maybe five to seven to days to the whole 21-day period. And again, I've practiced fasting a lot, and just uh, uh, to tell you a few points in my experience. Number one, I've only made it 40 days three times in my life, in 49 years. I've only made it 21 days five times, and I've started and not made it about five to ten times for every time I did make it. (laughs) At least that many. And uh, an apple tastes really good after two days. (laughs) And it's really bad when you dream of eating spaghetti and you wake up and part of your pillow's gone. <laughs> so, uh, it, so medium-term total fast can be various lengths, three days, five days, seven days. That, after that, you're starting to get into a longer-term fast. A fast can be a water fast or a juice fast. Let me just give you a couple practicals here, trying for this to be very practical. If you do a water fast, please get bottled water that the electrolytes have been added back in, like Nestle's brand or um, Costco brand, because I I used to have longer fasts, and I would just about pass out all the time. And I can remember playing badminton in the side yard with my son John when he was a teenager and literally having to bend over and like hold my shorts like this between points until I discovered uh, drinking purified water because I was drinking the water from our reverse osmosis system, which ours is set up so it goes through three carbon filters before it even gets to the RO unit. And so and it, if it has no electrolytes, your blood pressure will go down and... Uh, it, it's not good. Make sure you get water if you're going to do water. I would encourage you to consider not, I the longest I made it on a water fast was 30 days, and then I changed to a juice fast for the last 10 days. Uh, a, a juice fast, you set yourself a limit, like usually four to eight ounces, but you could go even as high as 16 ounces, especially if you do the way the books recommend it. I don't. I do just uh, fruit juice, and I usually do four to six ounces, and I put it in crushed ice, and I sip on it for hours. But just that little bit of taking in three or four calories per hour for 10 or 12 hours just makes it so much easier for some reason, and it's more cleansing, frankly. And um, the, the people who write the books on it, say you, that you should also drink vegetable juice in and, and a terrible concoction called vegetable broth. And I've made the vegetable broth a number of times. <laughs> I'm surprised Catherine isn't just going, oh. <laughs> so with the vegetable broth, you throw like broccoli, spinach, potatoes, carrots, onions, all kind of stuff in a pot. Then you boil it for I forget how long. And then when you're done boiling it, you throw, pour it through a strainer and you drink a cup of the broth every day on your fast. And you, uh, it makes it a little better if you put it in like a coffee mug and try to pretend it's tea or coffee, but you can only deceive yourself so much. <laughs> and it's terrible. Some people probably who like vegetables more than I do uh, might like the vegetable broth, but it's not, it's never gonna sell. It's like uh, if you had a church where you only taught on suffering. <laughs> now, a lot of churches only experience suffering, but, but we don't talk about it. Now, I would not normally recommend doing a three-day or longer fast if you work a normal eight-to-five kind of job, especially if there's an involved in any physical labor in it. Uh Perhaps, and I put for experienced fasting, fasters only, you could do, say, a three-day fast or a five-day fast two or three times during the 21 days. For instance, you could do a three-day fast the first week and then the third week and maybe skip the second week or do one each of the three weeks. But I certainly wouldn't do five to seven days each of the three weeks, maybe two or three days. By God's grace, you should consider building toward longer fast. I was probably, I was probably 50 years, or 46 or or so before I started doing any fast longer than 15 days. And uh, at my age, I actually usually see my doctor and get blood work up and all that kind of stuff, Before the fast and usually toward the end of the fast. One of the fasts that I count is making it 40 days. At 38 days, I had my son Victor, who was in seventh grade at the time, do some searching on the internet as to why I was experiencing all this. It was before I discovered the electrolytes in the water. And uh, I forget, he came up with some kind of thing that I thought, uh uh-oh. Maybe I'm messing up my kidneys or something. I can't even remember what it was, but I, I thought, uh, um, I, I better. I and I had an appointment to see the doctor at the 41st day. So I broke the fast after 38 days, and on the 41st day, he said, "Oh no, you're, that wasn't being caused by your fasting. I need to adjust your cholesterol medication, and uh, you could have, you could have finished the fast." And I was like, "Oh man," you know. So. Uh, So, um, you know, uh, if you're doing longer fast, uh, build up to it. Read a lot of books on it. Talk to people who practice it. Uh, I don't know a lot of people who practice this, but uh, Pastor Brown of Bethel Christian does a 40-day fast every year. And uh, he he, uh, was a great resource for me as I attempted to go longer. Now, number B is the one I'm most recommending to most of us, and that's called a Daniel fast. And I think you should consider doing a Daniel fast as a family for all 21 days. However, your, your rules need to be less strict for children. Uh, my sons used to do uh, Daniel fasts when they were teenagers for 40 days. And, uh, but they didn't do them when they were 10 years old they they were more like 16 by the time they started doing that now daniel fast usually can, can you can set different rules and observances but i would encourage you as a couple to to write those down before the fast starts that's why i'm teaching on this 8 days before we're starting don't renegotiate with yourself in the middle of the fast <laughs> unless your pillow is partially missing <laughs> the minimum for a Daniel fast is no meat and no desserts. Like you wouldn't eat meat for the 21 days. Uh, and you wouldn't have uh, pudding or <laughs> one of John Gray's famous apple pies or Leah's famous apple pies or or Christiana's famous pies for that reason, for that matter. Nobody's pies. Uh, we're not doing this during pie day. Uh other things you might consider, and I especially think that pregnant women could do this part of it no white flour and no white sugar, no refined or processed sugar, white noodles, white bread, etc. Now, maybe, uh, but I would substitute those things for things like oatmeal, uh, whole wheat breads, whole wheat noodles. Uh, I've recently gone back to eating some white noodles. But they're, they're just not as good for you as whole wheat noodles. I, I eat a lot of whole wheat spaghetti, whole wheat macaroni, etc. cetera. Uh, one thing you could consider is a no dairy. But again, decide that ahead of time. You can change got milk to not milk. No, you know, that means no cheese, no yogurt, things like that. Thirdly, uh, you could have no white rice or no dried fruits. That, that's just something you can consider making part of your rules. Not everyone has to have the same rules for this, What we all have to participate in such a way that it's costing all of us something. I personally eat a lot of dried fruit. I buy dried cherries, dried tart cherries, dried apricots, dried, pr- I love prunes. Uh, um, what, what else do I get, Golden? Um dried cherries, uh, figs, uh, mission figs, uh, the Calmyra or Smyrna figs, um, so forth. But I mostly do that if my sugar is low because they're a good way to bring your sugar up. Um, Now, Daniel and his friends appear in Daniel chapter one, what the Daniel fast is kind of based on, they appear to only be eating Vegetables uh, or vegetables and fruit, fruit, fruit and vegetables. Uh, now, you'd have to be a somewhat experienced faster to be so strict that you're only going to do vegetables. I wouldn't do that for 21 days if you've never done a three day fast or, or something like that. I'd probably cut a, some of these on the list, but not everything. The big yeses you might consider are oatmeal, eggs, whole grain breads, whole grain noodles, pasta, and so forth. The third, uh, and, I, and Daniel fast is what I'm recommending to most of us. Um, I In Bowling Green, we often did a 40-day Daniel fast together. And it turned into, you know, kind of weird because people would have each other over for dinner and discuss noodles and, you know, and how, how to make dishes without any meat or dairy and stuff like that, you know. And, uh... But uh, Daniel Fast can be very helpful. Because you're kind of just checking that impulse just to eat anything. You know, myself, I have an urge to eat sugar. Uh, When I'm godly, I eat uh, tangerine. You know, like for breakfast this morning, I had a tangerine and an apple. (laughs) And uh, a very small apple. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm still hungry. But, uh, you know, You you know, we just kind of just eat all the time. That's the the reason fast food restaurants do great. Like you cannot drive from the Gray's House to Grace Christian Fellowship without going through like a gauntlet of fast food places (laughs) that are calling your name. John Gray, I love you. (laughs) Please visit me. Have an egg McMuffin. Have a cinnamon roll. Um the third kind is a one day or total fast and I wouldn't do that more than 3 to 6 times during the 21 days. Those can be often very good especially like if you the uh if you have a certain kind of job you could do that on Saturdays. You know because uh don't mess up your work by sometimes uh by the way if you're not used to fasting you can sometimes have a little bit of mental confusion in the early part of a fast. And some, and if you're a caffeine addict, you often will get very sharp, intense caffeine headaches in the in your forehead. I don't, but I I think I have a couple times years ago. But I, frankly, these days I drink coffee on Sundays, and I drink tea one cup during the week. And that's I don't drink coffee anymore, pretty much. Uh, you could consider two days a week. Uh, as, in other words, do a one-day fast twice a week, especially if you've already been doing for the last year a one-day fast once a week, then then it, do something that's a little bit beyond your normal. Um, if, you're a, if you have a, a, desk, a, a regular nine-to-five job, something you can consider is don't start your fast at breakfast or lunch. Eat breakfast, eat lunch, then fast all the way through at least to the next morning's breakfast so that you're not going through the hardest part of the fast while you're at work, you're starting to get hungry when you get home from work and you'll be hungry till the next morning. So that's something you could do, if, especially if you're gonna do like two days a week and one of them be Saturday, you could do that uh, plan where you start after lunch on, uh, or you can start after breakfast for some of you uh, on, on one weekday. I definitely would not skip breakfast if you work uh, construction or any kind of manual labor job. Um, Hebrews 12, uh, well, no, I'm gonna, that's jumping ahead. I'll, the next kind, I'm gonna run out of time here. So number three, if you, if you see, it says it's time permits. Hopefully we have time permitting. I, I have that part of the outline in the 1030 service as well. Intermittent fasting, uh, perhaps all 21 days. Intermittent fasting is a great way to control your weight. Uh, now, the normal intermittent fast, you eat breakfast, and then you fast till the next breakfast, or you eat breakfast and lunch and fast till the next lunch, um, or, or the next breakfast and lunch. Um, I'm very uh, undisciplined, and, uh, and so I tend to do a lot of intermittent fasting, but I really don't do it correctly, I usually eat dinner, and then I don't eat again until the next dinner, <laughs> and it's sort of backwards, you know, they, making, uh, your, your evening meals, your biggest meals is not necessarily good health practices, but I, uh, one thing that helps me is I, I've been a type 2 di- diabetic for 30-some years, I guess, yeah, and, uh, So a lot of times, I do not allow myself to eat any day until my sugar is under 120. And sometimes that takes till dinner time. It depends on what I eat the night before. And so intermittent fasting can be a way of doing fasting. But uh, that, again, now, any of the four above could be mixed with the fifth, which is abstaining. uh, And I'm saying that you can... Perhaps add some abstention to one or two of the above things, especially that's what what hebrews uh uh twelve one through four below is talking about especially what we have uh called be some people call them besetting sins uh the sin that so easily entangles us is how the new american standard but we all have stuff like that, and so if you've had trouble quitting smoking drinking any any uh, macaroni and cheese, <laughs> quarts of ice cream. Mm. Uh, <laughs> i just thinking of one brother in particular. No, <laughs> half gallons of ice cream <laughs> before dinner. Uh, you know, you could give uh, that up for the 21 days. Just, I'm not gonna smoke for 21 days or I'm not gonna have any beer or whatever. Um, so, uh, and I listed a few that are suggestive. Tobacco, alcohol, besetting sins, unforgiveness. Work on like I was a person who fell into unforgiveness quite easily, and when I was two years old, and the Lord, the Lord took me through a big journey on that. But I began to work and did for many years on being quick to forgive, and it's so important because if you do anything in God, part of God's sanctification process will be to raise up people who d- despise you, who talk bad about you. If You're not really probably accomplishing anything for Christ if someone's not upset at you. <laughs> That's true, really. And uh, being quick like Joseph to say to his brothers, as for you, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And being quick to forgive so that it's almost a habit. It's very hard for you to take offense. One of the things God's helped me with by his grace, my wife will always say stuff like, do you remember when your cousin said these terrible things about you or something like that? And I almost always go, no, I don't. I I tend to not remember when people cr- criticize me <laughs> or talk bad about me or so forth. And by God's grace, what you want to ask God to help you get to and only God can take you there is if they're talking bad about you or thinking bad about you, that's their problem. It's really not your problem. And, and in fact, it, it, you could pray for them, but not pray that God will give them their just desserts, but that God will be merciful and gracious. Because frankly, a lot of times if they're criticizing and, and speaking negative, they're lacking graciousness. And they need help from God just like we do. Um, I guess uh, I'm out of time. So uh, the the fifth one can be added to the other four. But I would consider abstaining from, you know, that's the classic thing that Roman Catholics do where they give something up for Lent. And that's something children can participate in. Like I'm not going to play any video games for the 21 days. (laughs) <laughs> uh, or I'm not gonna ha- we're not going to eat sugar for the 21 days. And uh, that's something you could talk over with your kids. Don't just make them do something. Help them get a vision for why God will bless fasting, which we're going to talk about at the 1030 meeting. Let's have a cup of coffee or use the restroom or be back ready to worship in seven minutes.